Welcome to Canada's podcast. Welcome, Morley, to Canada's podcast. Great to meet you. As a, as we said in our little preamble, I have lots of background in the higher education space, so I'm really looking forward to this. But before we go much further, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know what you're doing now, uh, and you know, you know, maybe a little bit of why you became an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, thanks so much, Philip, and and thanks for having me. It's been uh, it's been a wonderful journey. Um, uh, wonderful in quotes <laughs> for any <laughs> entrepreneur will understand. There's always ups and downs, but I'm so grateful to be on this journey. Um, I'm currently the CEO of Computech College, and uh, you know we have uh, various entities uh, in in the creative space and uh, on the venture capital side. Um, but uh, you know, as as an entrepreneur, I, I was very fortunate that my father, although he's a qualified engineer, went into the entrepreneurial side, and um, I was able to see his growth, his ups and downs. Um, and, uh, and, and get a sense of what entrepreneurship was like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, was very much interested having seen what my father went through, uh, going into law <laughs> and, go, uh, kind of stepping away from entrepreneurship and maybe having, um, that base and security and, mm-hmm. uh, coming mm-hmm. from uh, a Sri Lankan Tamil background. My family was very supportive of that, but, um, uh, no, my father had uh, his first of three heart attacks in, in 2000 um, while he was working overseas. And um, once I completed my undergrad, it kind of propelled me um, into that world, mm-hmm. um, really to understand kind of, you know, I grew up very quickly um, understanding that, uh, look, if, if he had gone, we had no way of really um, sustaining ourselves, um, my brother, sister, and, and my mother and I, and uh, really learned the business and uh, really opened up my eyes to the opportunities of entrepreneurship. And really, I think the greatest gift my father shared with me um, is he made me not just talk about this, but he showed me practically that you could dream about something and make it come true. And for a child to realize that um, is such a precious gift. And, and once you know you can do that, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're in the higher education space. How did you get yeah. there? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I was born in, in the UK, grew up mostly in Canada um, till, mm-hmm. uh, so UK. So zero to seven in the UK, seven to about uh, 2021 in, in Canada. And uh, as I said, found myself overseas um, in, in uh, when I just turned 20. And um, uh, it was then I realized, you know, even though my father was foreign trained um, and my mother, you know, both of them were trained in the UK. My, my mom was uh, a nurse and practiced there. And when they came to Canada, they they were asked where their Canadian experience was. And um, it, it was unusual because I, I looked like them, but I also wrongly assumed, oh, your credentials are not good enough to work in Canada. But when I started going to um, Asia, and, and when I say going to Asia, I lived and worked. I stayed there for almost 15 years uh, living yeah. and working there. 
I really understood the value of the credentials and the experience that people from that part of the world had. And, you know, uh, a lot of my time was spent in Bangladesh and there was a company there called Grameen, um, which had tremendous growth uh, in the telecom industry. And unlike in, in the West where they had these, you know, telephone lines, um, uh, countries like Bangladesh leapfrogged and, you know, the technology was much more advanced. Mm -hmm. So the level of technology in terms of telecommunication in Bangladesh was way ahead of what was happening in Canada. Even right. when I came back here, I, I was just blown away at how, um, uh, how uh, low the progression was in terms of technology. Mm -hmm. So it made me understand that someone that was coming, for example, in the telco space and then coming to Canada and with all these hopes and dreams and then not being able to, you know, not even meet something at par, but, you know, working at some fast food place or driving, you know, some cab Uber now, mm -hmm. um, those were their options, right? Um, I, I really thought, you know, how can I help in this sector? How can I do my part to um, help these organizations in Canada recognize the missed opportunity here and help those individuals really find a path that, you know, at the end of the day is respectable to their education and their experience. Mm -hmm. And um, while I was, uh, when, I, when I came back to Canada, while I was working, um, I had connected with uh, a person, a gentleman who owned Computech, uh, Computech College at that time and um you know was looking to uh to sell uh the college and uh and and he understood i i was doing a lot of community work and he understood for me it wasn't just about you know the business side of things but i had a real desire to help this community and and that's really what he was looking for because he said okay. you know a lot of frustrations that can come in the education space you you really need to have a passion for it or um, it's not going to work for you. And so he recognized that in me, thankfully, and, and I saw it as a great opportunity to serve. And, um, and that's how I got in the space. Okay. So what's been the greatest challenge? Uh, or, or, or I think we know what the greatest challenge is um, in, in, in terms of pandemic. But, I mean, you know, less about that. Uh, we can talk about that later, but more about, your challenge you know in terms of building the business basically yeah i think you know philip uh i i was lucky that i had my father as a guide uh but mm -hmm. you know that that also has its challenges because you're under your father's shadow Mm -hmm. um, and I also was put in uh, a lot of responsibilities at a very young age. As I mentioned, I was there in my 20s and, um, you know, leading uh, organizations and, and managing organizations with quite a high uh, revenue and, and a number of staff members. And, uh, you know, going from the opportunities that I had in Asia and then coming to Canada and starting something net new, you know, taking an organization that was already built and then doing that transformation, mm -hmm. um, challenging in, in, uh, uh, in, for anyone. Um, specifically, some of the challenges, I think, was, you know, really getting, finding the right team. 
you know, and mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's no good or bad in terms of the performance of individuals, but you really have to be unified in your vision. And um, when you don't have that, it, that can either end in a bad way. I mean, you can be ruthless and just cut people out um, or you can help find them better opportunities or you can help them, um, you know, develop uh, within the organization. And, you know, I think that comes with the understanding that this isn't, it's not a dictatorship. It's mm -hmm. a team. You're going to be successful in any organization based upon how unified you work as a team, right? How uh, everyone's aligned with the vision. And sometimes it's not about the person, you know, in terms of uh, their intellectual capabilities. It's really comes down to their attitude and their desire to work, their work ethic. And if anybody has that, I'm willing to put in the time and effort and, and we'll figure things out as a team. So identifying those people who believed in me in terms of my leadership, um, identifying those people who had the right attitude, um, that takes time. And, you know, you need the financial support at the same time to, you know, go through that process. So there, there was a lot of challenges. Um, I also, uh, you know, got married at the same time. Uh, and right away we, we had, uh, you know, uh, uh, found out we were going to have a, a child on our, on our wedding day. Um, <laughs> That's so, a nice present. That's a nice present. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know, in the same token, um, you know, we were uh, on the business side. I was burning through through money, and and at one point, um, you know, my wife was the only support uh, financially for us, mm -hmm. and uh, and that was a struggle. You know, um, being pregnant and having a child, worrying about all these things, uh, it, it was definitely a journey. And, um, uh, but, you know, you have to stick to the vision, believe in, in uh, what you're doing. And, and I think, you know, the, the previous owner said it right. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. And I really believed in, in the service. Okay. And yeah, that I, I think the team, to team believing in that really helped. So, I mean, you know, I mentioned the challenge, I mean, you know, higher education in general has had, I mean, obviously in the last, you know, 15 months has had to pivot massively. Um, yeah. How have you, how have you managed that, that pivot? Um, what kind of things have you done to keep, you know, keep the lights on, I guess that might be the best way to describe it. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it really comes down to the team. We had a major focus on ensuring that um, the, the team members we have understood the customers. At one point, they were our customers. So, you know, if I go back to the college example, we hired a lot of our students and they, now they're at senior levels at the mm -hmm. decision-making level. Okay. So, um, so that was a key factor. Uh, the other thing, it, it, it comes down to your passion, your, your work ethic and your, and your desires, right? Understanding um, that we're all in this together. We did a lot of communication sessions. It was really tough to have that 
you know, you, there's a lot of communication that happens uh, at that water cooler moment. It doesn't always happen in a formal meeting. So how mm -hmm. do you get that on Zoom meetings, you know, when, when you have a formal Zoom meeting? So we had to have, we had to figure out what worked for us as a team. Mm -hmm. uh, we do quizzes um, that are not work related at all. Um, and, you know, people team up and there's some competitive fun there. Uh, there's, you know, mental health was a big topic. Uh, so we were very open about uh, the challenges we were going through. I grew up in a, a business environment um, from what I learned in business school and around, you know, my father and that generation of, you know, you need to be tough. Um, it's all about the profits, you know, don't show weakness. People can jump on that. And, um, you know, especially in this pandemic and, and the community that I serve, I think it's about being open. In, in fact, I know it's about being open. It's mm -hmm. about sharing your failures, sharing uh, your vulnerabilities, because uh, that brings you closer as a team. And people then are also open to share their vulnerabilities and we can support each other. Now, I mean, I, I, from what you were saying, I guess your dad's a bit of was a bit of a mentor to, or is a bit of a mentor to you. But what's the best piece of advice you you've ever received that you keep on using in in your in your business? You know that, that you it just it it you know it's just something you fall back on because it's because it's great advice. I I think it's really someone once told me you just have to be there. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the biggest challenges that I find from people who are, you know, thinking about entrepreneurship, I think if you're thinking about it, like that, you just got to start doing it. Mm -hmm. And, um, especially for entrepreneurs, you, we learn, you have to build that habit about failing. You're going to fail and learning quickly from your failures. Mm -hmm. And, um, Again, I, as you identified, Philip, like my father um, still remains my greatest mentor. I, I get a lot of guidance from him. He's, you know, pretty much re relaxing at, at, at home right now and, you know, focusing more on our foundation side, mm -hmm. uh, but still always um, a constant call for me uh, a daily. And, um, you know, I'm always connecting with him and he's a friend, uh, really. That's the relationship that we've built, which we treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, he, he's an engineer, but you know, he went into the film business. Um, you know, we went into, uh, garments manufacturing, we went into real estate. Um, he didn't know any of those things, but he, he put himself in that situation and, and he, he developed it and, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs and other leaders, uh, um, that I've spoken to in, in different industries say the same thing. Everyone has this fear of jumping in. You just have to jump in and have the confidence to know that you're going to figure it out. You know, I'm, I'm interested, you know, you, you brought up in, in the UK, you know, you, you lived in Asia, um, uh, yet here you are in Toronto running a business. Well, you know, why? <laughs> you you, you got to yeah, run, run a business in India, you got to run a business in the UK. Yes. Not here. I love Toronto. I love Toronto. I think um, there are some amazing things happening, for example, in India. I think um, 
the excitement there is great. Mm-hmm. But I love Toronto, uh, Philip, because I, I know Toronto is unique in the sense that there's still ways to grow here, but in Toronto, you can go in a boardroom and it's so diverse. There's people from so many different communities, whereas when I was in Bangladesh, the majority of people were Bangladeshi. You know, when I was in um, India, it was majority, you know, people from that specific state. When I was in Malaysia, it was majority Malaysian, you know. Mm-hmm. But in Toronto, it's different perspectives, um, different age groups, and, you know, diversity is strength. And I truly believe when we're in these conversations in Toronto, that learning that we take can help a lot of the challenges that we have in a lot of different sectors. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in a nonprofit that I'm involved in, there are so many uh, great organizations around the world that look to uh, you know, do whatever relief efforts or support efforts in this yeah. country. But what we've been able to do with, an, with our nonprofit is connect the diaspora back to their homeland. That's and good. that really happens in Toronto, right? If you're going back to your home country um, and you speak the same language, you benefit because you're connecting with your identity. You know, you get to explore your, your homeland where your ancestors came from. Um, you may decide to stay there, you may not, mm-hmm. but it's an enriching experience for you. And, and in your homeland, in that community, they get to learn the experiences you got in the West or, or whatever country you're coming from and, and bring that back. And that kind of discussion, that's what we need in, in the world. And, and I know that might be you know, a bit idealistic, but I think at, at a micro level, that really happens in Toronto. And that's why I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So let's let's go let's get away from the, the philosophical stuff, okay? Sure. <laughs> and some things, some some kind of cute little little ideas. Um, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing instead? Ooh, <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um. I really, really love what I'm doing. Uh, before I answer your question, I really love what I'm doing. You know, uh, it's really difficult for me. Um, I, I have a, a coach that I chat with, and even within my team, they know it's really difficult for me to stop and smell the roses. I, mm-hmm. I do. I enjoy it. But I, you know, once you get to that hill, you see all these other hills you want to climb. And for me, the win is the journey. Uh, being in this life, you know, it's exciting to jump on this opportunity and go for it. That, that's the win for me as an entrepreneur. So I honestly couldn't see myself doing anything else. But I recently was telling my wife, you know, um, I will always do these little things. And, you know, we have our family foundation. I would love to focus on that. But uh, music is a big passion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really love to dive deeper into music and, and really, um, you know, I don't know if it's composing or singing, but somewhere involved in somewhere music. There. So if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? I didn't expect all these tough questions, Philip. Okay. <laughs> They're good ones. Yes, they are very good ones. Um, one word to describe myself. 
Uh, I would say a dreamer. Um, okay. uh, wh why would I say that? I've, uh, many times when I was a child, people would say in, in school, uh, I, I was a dreamer, but I love it. I, I think uh, it's... great entrepreneurs turn dreams into realities. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> so it's good to be a dreamer. You know, uh, this is a fun one. Are you a morning or a night person? I ask everybody this. Yeah, well, I'm a nice person, but I have a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Uh, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. What book are you currently reading, listening to, whatever, that you would recommend to our audience? I'm, I'm a, you know, um, being somebody that's passionate about uh, higher education yourself, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you listen to him, but I, I'm a big uh, uh, fan of Scott Galloway. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, I've, I've taken one of his uh, courses at Section 4, um, which is kind of his play on, you know, what the education landscape would look like. Right. Um, I also listen to his podcast, which I find uh, very interesting. Um, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Simon Sinek. Um, mm. That's been very important to me because a, a major focus for me, uh, you know, the the first focus as an entrepreneur is really to sustain the business. You know, make sure your cash flows are there, um, and then as you as you attempt to scale. One is okay, great. You want to scale. You want to ensure that you're getting. Um, your business, your product and services, right? But the other thing with scaling is you want to have the right team. And, you know, for, for us, there was a point where each one of my team members, I knew exactly what they were doing that weekend. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, uh, an employee walked by me and, you know, I interview everyone. I, I meet everyone uh, that joins mm -hmm. our team. But I didn't have that intimate relationship with that person. And, and it kind of hit me. I have no idea what that person is, is doing this weekend. And, you know, I, I'm not like, you know, micromanager that it, I'm, I'm talking about this in terms of our relationship with, with mm -hmm. you know, our team. But as our team grows, you, you kind of lose that. So how do you keep that intimacy, that vibe? And I think, you know, people like Simon Sinek speak about that well, you know, focusing on your why. Um, really connecting with your employees. And I think as a business leader, you know, I, I kind of touched on the world I grew up in in terms of business and, and how I believe uh, that's changing. And I, and I think I've, from my perspective, I've seen trends of this happening pre-COVID, mm -hmm. but especially during COVID, you know, uh, you need to share your vulnerabilities. You need to really connect with your team. You know, as our, our backs are to the wall, you really are thinking about, look, these are the people I'm with and I'm in it with them. You know, um, do I want to be like, are these, you know, you, we, people kind of talked about that. You spend, you know, whatever it is, eight hours a day, this is your second family, but now it's your second family with your back to the wall. You know, and you guys got to really dig deep to, to figure out how to get out of this. Um, so those team dynamics are, are really crucial. And I've really been focused on that this year. 
Um, you know, we've been really talking a lot about mental health, a lot about fitness, um, keeping healthy. I, I've been doing that myself and, and really encouraging that with the team. All right. Now, lots of people listen to our, these podcasts. How can people get a hold of you, Marley, if they've heard some things that they, they, want, they want to kind of discover a bit more about? How can they get a hold of you? Sure. So thanks. Thanks for that. My uh, website is M-U-R-A-L-Y-S dot com, um, which is the best way to uh, uh, to find out more about me and uh, the different businesses that I'm involved with. Thanks so much for coming on the Canvas podcast. It's been a delight meeting you. Thank you very much, Philip. Thank you.